Recorded live. Scuba Obsessed is a weekly podcast. We talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba in the news. Scuba Obsessed episode 149 is recorded live February 7th, 2013. Welcome back to Scoob Obsessed. I'm Darren Jilson, and we still don't have ice. Before we get started in the news, I'm going to welcome my co-host for this week. We have Mac, the dive mentor. How are you doing today, Mac? I'm doing very well. I'm enjoying the warm weather. Yeah, it's almost tropical, balmy. And we also have Jim Schultz joining us today. How are you doing today, Jim? I'm just doing great. Staying warm and dry. Warm and dry. So It's good if you're in a dry suit. Bad if you're in a wet suit. And I don't think anybody's been getting any diving in. No, we haven't. It has just not been favorable to diving without ice or with ice. It's It's been kind of some odd weather. goes from rain to snow to cold to warm, a little bit in between. What was it, uh, Tuesday night, I think, for some, it started snowing about 3 o'clock and 3 p.m., and that was an ice skating rink all the way home. So what we're going to do is we're going to head right on into the news. We have a short news week, so this won't take us long at all. The first one is 4,000-pound haul of scuba kit from Rumford Garage. You know, they'll figure it out. That's from uh, Rumford in the U.K. Jackie Dale had returned home from the Great Garden Road Home Church from a diving holiday in Maldives before the theft happened. She said, I didn't know if I was targeted, but the day before I spent a long time just Packing the scuba equipment in the garage, you couldn't tell what it was because it was wrapped in black bags. Jackie's daughter woke up at 5 a.m. and saw the garage door open. Jackie saw footprints in the snow from where the thieves had been walking and dragging out the equipment. She added, it's not going to stop me from scuba diving. It's my hobby. But I just spent years trying to build up the equipment, and now it's all gone. So Hopefully she has insurance. I hope so. 4,000 pounds. I mean, that that's quite a bit of gear that she had that was taken. And yeah, also heavy. And it does seem a little suspicious that just the day you come back is when it all leaves. I guess it's better than before the trip. You get it out of the way. It took all the weather, though. Yeah. Somebody must have seen him packing it. Yeah, or knew. There's an inside job. Somebody who knows that she was diving, or so hopefully the police will get a line on that. Yeah, unfortunately, it seems like a lot of crimes from people you know. We know of you. Okay. And here we go. We paste in the chat room. Chat room's a little light tonight. Dave uh, isn't here. He said he had to get in the, the water, do some pool work. So that will give him a pass. Next one is from Gulf, Gulf Coast News Today. And this one is Ocean Kids Visit a Reef Maker. It's a retreat and certified marine environmental program hosted by Gulf Shores Middle School 8th graders. Uh, most of the gulf is soft and sandy bottom, and so what they're trying to do is show what the reefs will do. Uh, activities included uh, some reef preservation. They showed a concrete truck pulled on the property to fill molds for a new artificial reef. 
They added stones to the concrete, hoping to leave handprints. The students experienced true hands-on opportunity to help create a reef and environment along the coast. Uh, they said the, a ship must be cleaned of all leftover pollutants so it can be safe for marine animals, scuba divers, and snorkelers. We all need to cut holes in the hull so that it will fill with water and sink to the bottom without tipping over, explained during a tour. The field trip was great because they never knew how important reefs were to sea life. So what they're talking about is they're going to sink. So they purchased a 271-foot coastal freighter, and the Reef Foundation, a nonprofit group formed earlier this year to support artificial reef development. The project's expected to be a major uh, step towards Alabama's Gulf Coast as a diving destination. It's a 57-foot tall, the Lulu. They said it will be easily accessible 23 miles off the uh, offshore, Gulf Shore and Orange Beach, and 115 feet of water. So that'd be that's a pretty good depth. That's that's kind of what I was thinking of would be good for a wreck for us to sink. You know, fifty-seven. That's feet. a long way to go. Twenty-three miles. Oh yeah. Well. Yeah, twenty-three miles. That is that. That just seems to be the way the East Coast is, though, isn't it? Kind of goes on and on and on. Yeah, very it's Gulf Coast. Yeah, the Gulf Coast. Oh, Gulf that way. Yeah. I said Gulf Coast. Why are they talking about Alabama? Is Alabama touched the Gulf Coast? Alabama no. is the Gulf. Oh, okay. You said Alabama, right? Yeah, Alabama, Louisiana, Gulf Coast. Yeah, that's right. I'm 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 flipping things backwards. Watching moonshiners, but not partaking enough. <laughs> so yeah, well, so why would you go? Do you really have to go all the way 23 miles out to get to that depth? I do believe you do. It's pretty shallow out there. In in parts of it, yeah. Hmm. Got 23 miles. That's a, just think how much. How long is that? That's going to take. That's like an hour or so ride out. You're hauling, and you're not swimming back. If they're leaving you, you're left. Okay. The next one is a. Uh, you know, we we go from talking about uh, sinking a reef to where they're talking about there might not be any more. Last of the military reef wrecks. Oh come on! Don't forget to post in the chat room. <clears throat> I could even get it to show up for me. Just as so, a side note, we were talking about how shallow the Gulf is. Uh-huh. It's, get, it's deepest at fourteen thousand feet. Yeah, that's that's plenty <laughs> deep enough. But if you if you look at the map and you look at those areas, it's pretty shallow till you start getting out there, and then it drops off really good because it half the basin is shallow, but its deepest is fourteen thousand three hundred eighty-three feet. Yeah, a little deeper than the Great Lakes. Yeah. So this next one says the last of the military uh, reef wrecks. So there's four military shipwrecks scuttled in the Florida Key waters to attract scuba divers. Tighter rulings rules on sinking retired military ships as artificial reefs. Uh, they're expecting to prevent reef organizations from acquiring ships like the Vandenbergs or, or uh, Spiegel Grove. In mid-2012, the U.S. Maritime Administration, which oversees decommissioned military vessels, moved to prevent any more of its 150 ships built before 1985 from being used as reefs due to concerns of placing PCBs and other harmful materials into ocean waters. They said the regulatory landscape has changed, uh, according to Joe Weatherby of Reefmakers, which spearheaded sinking the Vandenberg. They said vessels that saw World War II service most, mostly will be assigned to be salvaged as scrap. It says it broke my heart to see old destroyers and other pre-1985 ships Going to the scrapyard, they're cool ships and very expensive to clean. Reef makers handled last July sinking a 165-foot Mohawk in the Gulf of Mexico about 28 miles 
from uh, Sanibel Island in about 90 feet of water. The Mohawk, a uh, Coast Guard ship, was in good shape for sinking, having been cleaned and used as a floating museum in Key West before upkeep costs proved too expensive. Artificial reef advocates uh, were active in the early 80s through the 2009 sinking of the Vanderberg, but no ship sinking projects currently are being pursued. So the Vandenberg took years and was expensive, but she's done right. And the Keys, we try to make vacationers happy. I think the artificial reef system is part of that. Uh, we have a mission and we've accomplished our mission. Concerns over the use of topic, toxic materials on older ships increases after a report by the Basal Action Network Environmental Group indicated higher levels of PCBs around the shipwreck reef Oriskany and retired Navy aircraft carrier sunk in 2006 off the Florida Panhandle. And active Navy ships technically remain available for reef projects, but the Navy has not received any requests from states or other eligible organizations for transfer to ships for reefing. The Navy has no current plans to transfer any active ships for artificial reefing. DEMA, the Diving Equipment Manufacturing Association, continues to support creating shipwreck reefs. And they said that in an email, not only does shipwreck diving contribute to the dive industry, it contributes to the economy of the entire region. Find out how much PCBs would you normally find in an old ship. And they're saying that PCBs were used as plasticizers and paints and cements, which is more than I knew. I'm not quite sure what they're talking about with the PCBs because everything I looked at, hydraulics, the liquids, you're going to suck those out before you sink it. All the wiring and the insulation, you're going to have taken that out because you want the copper. The insulation's been removed for the same reason. And if it's in a paint and applied, it's almost like asbestos. If it's non-friable, it, I don't see where the damage is coming from. So I don't know what they meant by PCBs, unless somebody in the audience out there can tell us. No, what you, what you do if you read between the lines on this, is I think this is a scam. There are organizations who don't believe that we should be doing artificial reefs. So what they did is they commissioned some sort of test, and they've decided that the tests somehow favor what they wanted to say. And if you see, this is from the organization that helps clean these wrecks, and they're not willing to have the liability. They don't want somebody, after they've said it's clean, coming back and saying it's not. So they're, they're giving up on it. If you got a boat out there that sinks with its full cargo and goes down with oil, is anybody responsible for it? I'm sure I they are, but so. I, 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 I agree with your point. There's more PCBs coming out of one river in Michigan, pick any river, than what would ever come off a 300-foot wreck. Yep. So this is just you know, people seeing what they can push and manipulate to get their way. Well, you get no argument from me on that. Without seeing any other information, you know, with specifics, that makes you wonder about that. Yeah, because it's, it's, because all they did is they said that this one person did a test. It'll be interesting. Yeah. So, but, so the question comes down to, if you do all that stuff, how do you prove it's not coming out? And then if you certify saying that you've cleaned it up and it goes down and test and somebody finds something, how do you disprove it? I mean, you hire your own tests and... If yours don't match theirs. Yeah, who's got the money to do that? So just sad because this is, this is going to hurt reefs. Well, at least from that aspect. And it is cheaper to sink a wreck than it is to pour concrete into forms and transport. Yeah. Unless you made a cement boat. Yeah, maybe you've got a cement company that you own. 
As next one is Texas A&M University, a Galveston professor is part of a diving team that has descended 462 feet in a West Texas cave believed to be the deepest underwater cave in the United States. Uh, Tom Liffey, professor of marine biology at one of the world's most experienced cave diving scientists, led a diving team in a seven-day trip to explore, map, and investigate Phantom Springs Cave, located was at Balmora, Moria, West Texas. If the team members went as deep as 462 feet and recorded a dive on cameras, but still did not find the end of the cave. They said there's really no telling how deep it is or how far the cave goes. The team ended its dive in a tunnel 30 to 40 feet wide by 20 feet high as it continued as far as their lights would penetrate. Only casualty of the dive was a $7,000 diving scooter that imploded due to the extreme pressures and sunk to the bottom of the deepest section of the cave where it still remains. They said it's one of the longest underwater cave systems in the country. You still have to swim horizontally for over a mile at an average depth of 30 feet before arriving at a spot where the cave passage begins to stair-step down, getting deeper and larger all the time. The cave water is significantly warmer than you would normally expect in this area, suggesting that this is geothermally warm, and the water almost certainly originates from deep below the Earth's surface. Well, I can honestly tell you, you're never going to find me down there at 400 feet a mile from where I can get out. Yeah, that is a, I mean, they had to bet on rebreathers. I just don't think you could carry enough air in. Well, they're doing rebreathers. Uh, we saw some really video this last week or television programs on some cave diving, both in the, uh, where the Mayan temples are. And those guys were really getting down there and going a long way. And it's just, I, I get claustrophobic, you know, a little bit to a little bit, but miles, I, I wouldn't be, un- I'd be uncomfortable from the get-go. Yeah, so just uh, absolutely amazing. amazing. And I, I have to agree with you, Mac. I'm not, you know, I, I, I would do some cave diving, but that's, that's beyond what I would really even find interesting. Or not, not interesting, but uh, desirable. Yeah, that's a special breed of person. Yeah. Well, this one seems to be, when, when you get to that point, doesn't it just scream ROV? Well, the tether is your problem there. How do you maintain that, that that much tether going through here, there, and yon with stalactites and stuff? I think it'd be a little hard. Yeah, well, your your, your tether is gonna. You, what you need to do is have like a chain or a train of ROVs, ROVs to hold up the tethers. Huh? That's a, that's a good good challenge to have to think about. Yeah, the, the beautiful to- you know photography is out absolutely outstanding. Uh, the ones they had there in the Mayan temples and stuff. They were actually finding bodies at the bottom that had jewelry and stuff on them. And they can't really determine if they were kids, children, because that's who the, the skeletons were, that had died in a disease or something. And they tossed them into the, the sinkholes there as, I don't know, sacrifices to the gods or if they threw them down there when they were alive. But the pictures were great. And, and the skeletons, for being that deep, that long, uh, they were in extremely good shape. Now, were those caves, or was that the, uh, like, wells? It's like the wells. They said that's one of their major sources of fresh water in a lot of those places. But you're talking hundreds of feet deep, and then they were exploring and see where they came from and where did they go. And, again, it's the same issue. You can't get to the end of it because they're so vast. But the interesting part is one part, you're you're there, and if you've been to Bon Terre, you know how you come up and you can get into a hole that's got an air bubble? 
Yeah. You're swimming there, you think you're in an air bubble, and the tendency might be to take your mask off. But what they've got there is a stratification layer that is so weird that when you're above it, it looks like that's the end of the water, but it's actually fresh water over salt water or salt water over fresh. Oh, yeah. So you got kind of that uh, that playing with the salinity then. Yeah. And when you saw the video, it's like, wow, they could breathe there. Not. Yeah. That, I, I think I've seen some shots where it looks like a, a river in a, yep. in, in a cave. And then the diver looks like he's floating in the air. Yep. It was awesome. But again, very, very specialist to do that kind of stuff. Well, here we got one that's potentially cool scuba gear. I don't necessarily know if it's something that I would be particularly interested in, but it's called the Zayak Sea Sled. And this is a press release, which we know a press release is nothing more than a, an excuse to try and sell you something. They said that the the sea sled provides the same excellent underwater view as snorkeling, but without the leaky mask and death grip on the mouthpiece. <laughs> that swimmers can spend hours observing the underwater environment without getting their face or hair wet. Study marine life, look for seashells, lobster, scallops, oysters, and more. Freshwater, saltwater, rivers, gullies, lakes, bays, ocean tidal pools, any clear water venue is a great place for the Zayak. So if you can visualize this, it looks like a plastic sled, like a snow sled, and there's a spot where you put your face down into it, and it's got a clear panel. So... Now, I, I could see some applications for that, though. Now, if yeah, you go like down out with a, uh, in that almost, article, go to the bottom of it, and there's good pictures of them actually using it and some close-ups. Oh, yeah, the pictures down there are much better. Oh, yeah, big time. There's even a couple of better ones than that if you go really far down. <laughs> Looks like a neat idea with the hood there to kind of put your face in, like a face mask, and then... Uh, takes away a lot of that glare and that back splatter you're going to see from light above you. And we know that because uh, Jim has that uh, one semi-zodiac with the front end as, as a plexiglass. Yeah. And when you've got viz, that's a wonderful thing to be in. But you do, just like they said, you have to block it off by your towel or something so you don't get that back splatter or back scatter. But that would be pretty neat if you had viz. Yeah. And you can also, it seems like, take that and sort of tow somebody. You could do a lot of searching with that. Yeah, I mean, it's so it's not entirely crazy. It just seems like a lot of extra effort, though, when you when you look at it. Do they have a price? I didn't see the price. I'm curious yeah, about that. I didn't see one either. I'm going to guess that this has got to be, to me, looking at it, it seems like their market would be resorts. Yeah. Where you would buy 15 or 20 of these and you'd rent them, you know, $15, $20 an hour or something. Yeah. Because if you were in a tropical area where you had reefs that are fairly shallow, say 15, 20 feet with good viz, that'd be a nice item. You'd be inclined to try that because, like you said, a lot of people are scared of the, the dive mask. You know, This way their feet's not going to be on the bottom. They're not going to have to worry about drowning. Okay, I sent you a link to a photo. So we call this the photo of the week. And take a peek and let me know what you think of it. You can actually find that on Facebook, too. The same photo? With much better girl pictures. <laughs> uh, I was looking okay. for it. I think there's a disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> that, that's a future boat to dive on. <laughs> so how many people would you say is on that boat? Which boat are you looking at? 
It should be slide five. Is it coming up that way? Slide five, yeah. The Yula River. Yalu River. Yeah, Yula River, which is run between North Korea and China. So I would say there's got to be two or three hundred people on that boat, and that boat can't be a 50-foot boat. Well, it's almost to the water. Well, the gunnel's almost in the water on the port side. And you wonder why so many have so many boating fatalities over there? Oh, and they do. It's not one person either. I think they've exceeded their occupancy level. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, what do you think the placard says? This is for safe. <laughs> yeah. Everybody on the top, get off. Yeah. I can't even count that many people. Yeah. Just Maybe amount. that's one way of population control in China. Yeah, yeah, just it's just staggering, and and uh, that was the one that was boat related. But you go through some of them, they show uh, a train in India where there are people on the top and the sides, and it, well, ocean doesn't do a big job over there, you know. Holy miracle! Yeah, I'm going through some of those just to take a look. Oh, well, they're funny, like like the one where the uh, I can't tell what happened, but they've got the was it like a bus and a balloon? Men yeah. use ropes to pull up a tipped-over truck overloaded with wheat straw. Uh, yeah. Some of the trains are freaking amazing. Yeah. How proud of they are. Gosh, there's the one guy he's got what I call the equivalent of two round bales on a bicycle. Well, that's his driver protection device. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I don't know what slide that number is, but talking about people on a train, geez, old Pete. You come to a sudden stop, and you probably hit about 10,000 casualties. Oh, 34 or 48? I mean, this is worth looking at just for anybody. Not dive-related, but that's outrageous. God, this whole slide shot is going through slide after slide, and it's just how they don't have people. I mean, people are have got to be dying every day. Well, yeah, obviously. Okay, there's a boat one coming up, uh, 42 or 48. Standing room only with three cars, and you maybe have about a four three board on that boat. Oh my goodness! Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you oh. get there? Yep. Yeah, we'll put that one in the chat room too. Oh my goodness, that is that is scary. If you had any waves at all, that boat's going down. Well, what that tells me is that there's got to be a bunch of boats already down there. Yeah, and bodies. Wow. I'm just trying to figure out how that guy on the motorcycle holding that huge picture is steering the bike, much less seeing where the hell he's going. That's 45. There's no way he can. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like you said, he can't steer. Yeah, not really. That was some really weird stuff. But the thing is, look at the quality of these photos. They have money for a good camera to take the pictures, but they don't have money to sense to be safe. How did we get there? I, I don't know. Well, that does it for the news. <laughs> so, sure kind of a slow news week. We we didn't have a whole lot to choose from, and I've been watching. So, we just must be hitting that time of year. Well, if you really need news, uh, the key places to go is going to be the Dan Network because they've been doing really good and putting like little quizzes, medical quizzes, especially mm-hmm. for your ears and things like that. And they've had some excellent articles on your health and diving. So no reason to get bored because you got some good stuff out there. Yeah, Dan's always good for information like that. Yes, they do. Yeah, uh, and and I didn't have it in the sh- in the show notes, uh, but Dan's uh, I think the president or or one of the executives from Dan is getting ready to retire. So that was there was a little news there. 
Yeah, well, Duke University was in the news this week with a protest on the campus and dance associated with Duke University. Oh, okay. But on a side note... What was the protest? Uh, one of the fraternities was having a... Originally, they called it an Asia night, and it, they some people were insulted, so they decided to make it an international night. Okay. So, in a side note, I got an email from Blue Buddy today. Oh, okay. Looks like they're uh, they were requesting shipping information and contact information for the uh, Tech Buddy that I subscribed to in their Kickstarter program, and they exceeded their stretch goals on Kickstarter. So they seem to be very excited about what's going on. Uh, they've got a Facebook page up that'll show you some pictures of the video or some some videos of the program, and uh, they've got a couple of videos out of some test dives that'll show you what the profile looks like when you come back. It uh, seems like it's going to be a nice tool. Do they have an estimated ship date yet? Uh, Mid-April. Mid-April. Well, that's not too bad. Mid-April, so. Just in time for some good spring diving. Yep. Have it for this summer and be able to log my profiles a little better. Yeah. Speaking of profiles, I need I need something that just goes and does all the, the logging and everything for me. I don't have to mess with it. I think they what, call that a computer. Yeah. Well, uh, even something more than that. Like like somebody who, like a dive Sherpa. <laughs> you know, haul my gear, log my dives, make sure everything's all set up. Isn't that, isn't that called Take Your Wife With You? I was yeah. going to say, I you know, Ken has one of those. Yeah, I, I maybe mean, that's why my wife doesn't want to go diving. I was just afraid that's what's going to happen. You saw that item I just sent you out, Diver Net? Okay. When you get the metal about the U.S. Navy confirms uh, to Baja something, an American minesweeper. It's a shore in the Philippines. They're going to dismantle it rather than haul it off. There's uh, another article follow-up on what you did last week. Whale vomit could be seriously valuable. Oh, I did I did see. Did we cover that one? We did last week. Okay. That was awesome. <laughs> There's another one. They're talking about an East Asian uh, marine park. They're going to uh, grounded ship to be broken up to save the corals. So there's a lot of information, a lot of different places out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Concordia's back news looks like they're getting close to some major milestone prep to try to write the Concordia. Yeah, they want a lot more. Yeah, it's got to be getting pretty close. Well, and speaking of uh, diving logs, I went into Access Scuba last week and I started putting a dive log in. So I put my first one in. So my goal is to, to log at least one of my dives each week in there to try and get caught up. I just can't bear to sit and type, you know, 200 and some log dives in there. But I'll, I'll slowly start getting in there one at a time. Excellent. And then we've got the dive show coming up. Yes, 16th. 16th, our world underwater. And I I did look on that date, the Saturday. I can't make. My daughter's got a her final swim meet of the year is on that day. So, Yeah, Ken's going to be out of town. Uh, Larry's got Ken folk coming in to town. But I'm going to be there. I thought but about going sure Sunday, but I really can't get motivated for going on a Sunday. Yeah, make sure you wear your budget back to represent us well. Yeah, we'll get up 
they'll probably hit Cabela's and uh, Fast Pro Shop on the way up and back. Yeah. So we'll make it a day. Yeah. Well, well, Rich is going to be there. He and his family is going to be all be there. I think uh, Meister, he, he he plans on maybe being there two days because he wants to go listen to a couple of the seminars and they start like at nine o'clock in the morning. So who do you say is going to be there two days? Uh, Richard from Wolf's Tie Shop. Oh, really? Yeah, I talked to him today. Yeah. Well, if he's going Sunday, have him drop me a line. I might, you know, if I go Sunday, I want to hit it early. I don't want to, yeah, you know, I hate going to trade shows in the last day if it's a multi-day event because they're they're booking out. They're they're pretty much burned out, done, and ready to hit it. Yeah, I think he was planning on doing two days, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. yeah I'm just going to go for the walk around time and see who I know and talk to the old guys, older guys. Yeah. Well, my, my, it's like I haven't, I don't think I've done one since my daughter's done swim team. And I think this is why. This is their last event of the year, seems to correspond with our world underwater each time. Well, you're making it up. You'll probably get to uh, Diver Showcase. Tell the truth, Mac. You're going to our world underwater to see if you can find the mermaids again. Well, hell yes. <laughs> Private showing if I can. Yeah. I'll have the pool to ourselves. With pictures, of course. So let's see. So that makes that that week and pretty much a non-dive weekend. You got anything planned for this weekend? There's a chance that we might be working with a local fire department doing some ice rescue work. Ah. Is it victims? Uh, no, probably a standby diver, and when they get finished, uh, go do a inspection of the area. Cool. Is it a dive location that you've wanted to do for a while and haven't had the opportunity, or? I'm not sure where they're going to do it. I, depending on where the ice conditions are and how far off the road they want to get, I've got a couple suggestions for them where the water's deep enough that we could get out there and do a little more than just uh, drop a six or eight feet. So we'll see what happens. I haven't heard for sure if they're going to conduct the training this weekend. And then with the warming up Saturday, Sunday, I don't know if the, how good the ice conditions will be. It might be good ice conditions for rescue training, but not good ice conditions to support a diver. So we'll wait and see what happens with that. Well, that's good. At least somebody's getting something in. Well, we hope so. So that's this weekend. Next weekend is, uh, like you said, the 16th is... Our World Underwater, and then March 2nd is the uh, Seahorses Show over in the Ann Arbor area. Yeah, that, that's another good one to go to. I'm planning to make my way over for that one. I had fun. That was, uh, gosh, has that been three years now? Almost three years ago when we did that one last, or that I went. Mm-hmm. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, it does seem to to go quick, which I, I that, that means that it won't be long, and we'll be having some... Uh, some open water in Lake Michigan and be getting back out on some wrecks. Well, you figured the ghost ships is April 15 and 16 in Milwaukee. And the following weekend is Greeting Jaboa. Wow. Yeah, well, with any luck, we'll, uh, we'll get a couple Lake Michigan dives in before ghost ships. Yeah. I'm still thinking about going to Scuba Fest over in Columbus so in uh, March, middle of March. I'll have to hook up with some of our uh, Ohio divers. Yeah. Yeah, that'd, that'd be good. I'd be up for that. By the time I'm going to be so withdrawn from diving, I'm going you know, to be jumping in horse tanks. <laughs> well, Richard wanted to get out this Sunday, but with the rain and stuff we've got, I went out and checked the rivers, and there's like, so it really wouldn't be very good, to say the least. And even up there in uh, 
our normal favorite spot with the bottles. That's pretty sucky right now, too, because we've got so much runoff, because that was going to be the backup dive. Yeah, the the, the way this rain and water and melting, you know, we, we can't have any conditions anywhere, I wouldn't think. Now, the only thing you're going to have a chance for is if we did pop a hole someplace or you got offshore, you might be able to do something. I've seen some guys actually freaking taking their kayaks, putting their gear on, paddling out over the ice to open water so they could dive. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's pretty hardcore. So so, so your uh, kayak becomes your dive buoy? Yeah, and your platform. Yeah. Now, my problem is I could get out there, but getting the hell back in is going to be a problem. You know, back into the boat, oh, yeah. back off the water to the ice. So I don't know how they do that part. Yeah, I, I don't either. I can remember with canoes, we used to practice that. and I mean, it almost really didn't even qualify as a canoe anymore because it seemed like you only had a few inches above water <laughs> when you did that. It always seemed like you ended up swamping it. So, Have you seen that other site, Divewire? Yeah, I've, I've seen that before. I hadn't noticed it. I was just taking a look at it. They've got a, some nice photography there. Yeah. Yeah, they're that's uh, they're one of those websites that has uh, news feeds and stuff. Uh, there's an uh, associate, there's uh, an affiliation about three or four sites. Uh, I just don't like their terms of use, so I tend not to cover them too much. Plus, they've they've got everything all in one spot, so if people are interested in following them, yeah, you know, they've probably already seen it. So I'm we're doing more of the curation across the whole internet what's out there, but uh, still good good read. See what they've got. Now, did they have a DEMA show this year? Oh, well, that's something. Because uh, I know well, their their diving festival got canceled. Yeah, because well, they the the uh, the commercial one's still on, and okay. I believe this next year is going to be Florida. I think they just did uh, the uh, one in Vegas. Yeah, I was thinking they were Vegas last year. Yeah, so they're going to be Florida the next time. And uh, the for those that don't know, what they did is they canceled the civilian one. They were going to do one for consumers, a consumer show. And I think what happened is it just didn't sell enough to make it viable. But they act like the industry was requesting that they don't do it. I don't. I don't think that's really what happened. I just don't think it's expensive. The way for them to do it is to do what uh, other industry trade shows do, and you have the first three or four days is industry only, and then at the end, the last one or two, you open it up to consumers. Yeah. And your your consumer vendors, they can adapt. They can change their booth if there's stuff they don't want to show. If you don't have anything to sell con- to consumers, you just close the booth up and leave a flag or something. So that would be the way to do it. It'd be a lot less expensive, but uh, you know, to go and do a whole other show in a whole other city, you know, it just... It just it, oh, as a, if I was a manufacturer, you know, it feels like you're getting fleeced because you've, you're already doing the DEMA show, which I'm sure costs them a lot for a booth space, and then you've got regional shows throughout the year that you're probably sending people to. So it was just another hit, for maybe not perceived as much benefit. So my thought that would be better would be to actually have diving events that they sponsor, and then you have like a booth pavilion tents or whatever on shore. So you have people diving all the time, and then when they're not diving, they could come and see some sort of event. So, yeah, that or we need like a World's Fair in Chicago again, and we could do uh, have diving with it. I've noticed there's uh, another increase in the emphasis on scuba tank inspections. I've seen some postings for that. I sent you a link on that also. 
industry emphasis on scuba tank inspections by divers. Okay, well, let me take a look at that one. And I know you'd like the other one that's tools for scuba divers. That's right up your forte is the technology aspect. You'll like that one more. Okay. Rolled off. Started seeing things in talk about iOS and Android. It went right over my head real quick. So the new industry emphasis on scuba tank inspections. So this is an event that's going on in our world underwater. Yep. Uh, they've got a PSI, PCI training session. I'm, I hear I mean, PSI really does some good training. Yeah, yeah. So, but that and that's one of the uh, things about the shows as well is uh, what some of us who aren't professionals don't consider is that this is an opportunity for these shows for their uh, dive masters and instructors to get training. So, yeah, I mean, it's, take a look at the techie one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's where I'm looking now. It says uh, okay. take a deep look at tools for scuba divers. Uh, I mean, that's right up your alley. That's the kind of stuff you like. Yeah. Uh, let me see. This one was... Uh, yeah, I, I've thought about doing a special on uh, dive logs on computers. Yeah, Jim Cleveland and I had talked about doing this a while back. Um, I mean, my, my only thing with it has been is that there's just not a lot of value um, where it has been handy. And I have used some of these apps as for like mini dive planners. Like if we're talking and we're trying to figure out without pulling out a dive computer or tables, we just want to uh, figure out, you know, what kind of bottom time we can have and stay out of uh, deco. You know, I've I've used it for that. Or you might know your first dive, but then you say, well, what would a second dive look like? So plan multiple dives. So those apps can be handy for that. So maybe that's something that we need to do, go and review them. Or if you're an app developer and you want to send us some key codes to some, we'll take a look at it and do some reviews. I'd, I'd do that as well. I was surprised at our world underwater, the number of uh, similars for making yourself a better diver is really lacking because they have a lot, a lot of good dive travel ones. Even the one that they call Dive with the Pro. Uh-huh. Out of all the ones they list, the ones I personally like is, or you think you're ready for tech diving, and side mount. And then the last one was the rebreather introduction to the Poseidon system, uh-huh. Mark uh, 6. But everything else is like C-Lab, toys, the true story of the techniques of a professional videographer, painting with underlie- uh, light underwater. I'm not, you know, that's, that's really a minimal audience. But side mount, that applies to a lot of people. Tech diving, a lot. Rebreather, that's coming into play right now. Yeah. Well, I, I think the challenge that they have is trying to find people, guests who want to come and speak, and people who want to speak tend to be there to promote something. So just yeah, about, I was looking at like Dive the World. Uh, that is interesting, but that's way out of mind. Yeah. Wonders of the Sea, Lionfish, Mantis, Stingray, Sharks. Uh, I don't see a lot of that in Lake Michigan or the river, so God. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the only other part we really go in for is shipwrecks and underwater archaeology. Yeah. And there you've got shipwreck of Chicago, the Queen of Spain's jewels, which is nice but not local, Numa, and Ralph Wilbank is going to talk about that. Valerie's going to be there talking about the age of sail, Florida's galleons, but unfortunately we're not going to be there. Dave Trotter, vanishing points, that could be good. Brazilian treasures out of our area, 
So even even that, you still though got maybe four or five good presentations you might want to look at that's local related. Mac, I think you ought to do one for mud diving one oh one. Well we used to. We used to do bottle collecting, which is basically mud, you know, one oh one. We did that years ago with the uh Ford Seahorses, back when they used to entertain clubs being there. Before they started charging for tables. Do you remember those days? Before my time. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be way before mine. Yeah, that's when you had the real divers who came out. I mean, not that everybody's not a real diver. It's, it was more fun-oriented, not well, for fuck. Well, maybe that's what we got to suggest to them, is that they have to have people actually doing diving. And maybe they need some basics. Maybe they've everybody's gotten too fancy. Because if you're a new diver, how many of those seminars are going to really apply to you? And true. I mean, seriously, and that's really not a bad idea, Richard. Instead of sit here and bitch about it, I developed the one that we did before on how to fix and then the second one is how to river dive, the techniques that you can use. Yeah. That's a thought for next year, by George, let me tell you. Yeah, maybe we'll do a submission. I'm I'm sure that they would love to uh have people come and present who they're not paying to fly in. Sorry, Mac. You're not a certified instructor. You can't teach anyone anything. Well, wait a minute, I am a certified instructor. If Info will let me teach nuclear materials, I can sure as hell teach this. <laughs> And if Uncle Sam, trust me, is an instructor, certified. Yeah. Well, they're, they're certified and they're certifiable. Okay. I'm, I, maybe I'm more of the latter. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to have to look into doing that, though, putting at least a presentation on, on grubbing and then bottle collecting. Yeah. Well, hopefully also we've this next year we find the Chikora, and then we also uh, name Max Rack. So. I want to find that freaking bomber. That bomber would be good, too. Yeah, I've been working on something on that. We're going to put some other toys back together this year and do a little more river work, too. Yeah. Well, I haven't uh, completed my plans on the pontoon yet, but that will be pretty soon. Yeah. Well, there was uh, the, the discussions were all coming back again about our favorite river dive spot that we've never dove. Uh, on Facebook, people were claiming as kids that they had been in the tunnel. And I think I see what's going on. I don't think that they were in the tunnel as they, as legend has it. I think they were in the sewer, which is different. I think there's a storm sewer, which is not the same as a tunnel. And where is this at again? R- remember in Bering Springs there in the bend, the old uh, gangster spot? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's that's what it was. Uh, many people were talking about as a kid, they remember going in it. And... uh I actually talked to somebody who owned it for a number of years and sold it to the uh, sold it and is friends with the current owner and uh, he he said he's never seen the tunnel and he 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 would tell me if he if it was there so okay well I I think we about done it for another episode if you have any questions comments feedback for the show send us uh, an email at the show at scuba obsessed we're also available on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Scuba Obsessed on Twitter at Scuba Obsessed. We have news feeds going on all the time, which will link you back to Scoop It, our news aggregation site. And then we are also on Access Scuba, www.accessscuba.com. If you haven't had a chance to make an account, go over there, visit with some other divers. So are we ready for that time of the show? I think we are. I guess so. Okay. So once again, thank everybody who's in the chat room. Thank everybody who's listening. Make sure you stay subscribed. And here we go for the bad scuba joke of the week. An old German shepherd starts chasing rabbits, and before long he discovers that he's lost.
Wandering about, he notices a panther heading right in his direction with intention on having him for lunch. The old German shepherd thinks, uh-oh, I'm a deep shit now. Noticing some bones in the ground close by, he immediately settles down and chews in the bones with his back to the approaching cat. Just as the panther's about to leap, leap on him, the old German shepherd exclaims loudly, Boy, that was a delicious panther. I wonder if there are any more of them around here. Hearing this, the young panther halts his attack in mid-stride. A look of terror comes across him, and he slinks away in the trees. Phew, says the, the panther. That was close. That old German shepherd nearly had me. Meanwhile, a squirrel who's been watching the whole scene from a nearby tree figures he can put the knowledge to good use and trade it for protection from the panther. So off he goes. The squirrel soon catches up with the panther, spills the beans, and strikes a deal with himself with the panther. The young panther is furious at being made a fool of. says, hey, squirrel, hop on my back. Let's see what's going to happen to that conniving canine. Now the old German shepherd sees the panther coming along with the squirrel on his back and thinks, what am I going to do now? But instead of running, the dog sits down with his back to the attacker, pretends he hasn't seen him yet. Just as they get close enough to hear, the old German shepherd says, where's that squirrel? I sent him off an hour ago to bring me another panther. <laughs> you got to watch the old dog. Dash, thank you for an old dog. Yeah, yeah it's a, I, I like that one because it's it's just when you think you don't have any options, there are always another angle. Never give up. Never give up. So on that note, until next week, go out there and get wet and stay safe. And be glad that no panthers will harm to make you a nice job. recording has been completed.